You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily podcast on the Denver Nuggets. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Nuggets podcast, part of Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Adam Matas from DenverStiffs.com, the largest Denver Nuggets blog and community on the web. Check us out. You can check us out on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. <clears throat> Follow us on all those platforms. We have some cool stuff on all of them. This podcast here is going to be a preview podcast. Haven't done a lot of previews, um, but this game, I think, warrants it. The Nuggets going into Portland tonight for easily their most important game of the year. And probably, kind of looking back, it's probably their most important game in four years. They really haven't had um, a, a one like defining game that kind of defines the season over their last three years. This one clearly does. The stakes could not be higher, both from a playoff implication standpoint, but also just kind of, you know, with the trade, the Nurkic trade in there makes for a whole new wrinkle. So I thought it'd be good to do kind of a preview podcast, kind of get everybody hyped for it. And uh, kind of point out some of the things I'll be looking for uh, during this game. I gotta say, I I recorded last night's podcast and uh, went to bed, slept on it, got up and watched um, the first half of the game uh, this morning, and I felt like my perspective on the game this morning was different than my perspective last night for whatever reason. That's um, you know. Taking away from me, I think, because I always like I always give a couple hours from the game uh, to when I record these, uh, or at least I try to, in part, to kind of just step away from it a little bit and and just kind of reflect a little bit. So I'm not I'm not a prisoner of the moment, but I think even with last night's podcast, I was a little bit of a prisoner of the moment. Not I still stand by the stuff about the rotation. I think is very important, and the points made in that one, I think, are. I, I very firmly believe in last night wasn't the first time I've talked about or you know tweeted about or just kind of uh, had that opinion that 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 Fareed Plumley lineup can get a little bit clunky and makes it for a difficult rotation. But but some of the other stuff you know I think teams first of all I think there was a little bit of a trap game element to it. You know the Nuggets obviously this one was really big. That last one, um, sometimes the focus can be less than 100%. I think New Orleans is better than even I gave them credit for. Um, they've been on a little bit of a hot streak. And then watching them tonight, their defense is, is pretty legit, I would say, when they go with their small ball lineup with Anthony Davis and then kind of four small players, Dante Cunningham at the four. They've been playing some pretty good defense, rotating on a string, and then got hot. Um, so I think... Well, I, I still think a lot of the stuff that you know was talked on there was certainly accurate. I think the degree to which they were a, a kind of a big factor is probably less than what I feel now. So take all of that with a grain of salt. Um, that uh, you know, I think the Nuggets just lost that one, and I, I expect a pretty good performance from them to, to on Tuesday night against Portland. I I, I don't think it's going to be a repeat of Sunday's performance. I think it's going to be a completely different game. Now, set the stage. The Nuggets win this game. If, if the Nuggets win. Right now, the records are tied, but Portland owns the tiebreaker, which is very important because um, even if the Nuggets win this game, they'll go to 2-2 two and two on, the, on the season. The tiebreaker then goes to divisional record for which the Nuggets cannot catch up. Their division record's like something like 3-8, and eight, I want to say something like that, whereas Portland's like 8-3. and three. So 
it, it they it's insurmountable. They cannot come back from that. They will lose out any tiebreaker. So if both teams finish with the same record at the end of the year, the Nuggets will be the team that um, that is knocked out. So that's why th- this game is so huge because if they lose. The Nuggets then fall essentially to two games behind Portland. Even though it would only be one in the loss column, they have to. They, they would be two wins below what they basically need to make the playoffs. And so, to me, just my own tuition, my own calculations in my head, their odds would probably fall to something like 5%. Um, it's, not, it's not obviously an elimination. They're, they'd still be in the race. But they would basically have to run the table and hope that Portland trips up, which... Um, if I look at the schedules, I think both I think the Nuggets probably lose two to four, most likely three or four games down the stretch. Um, they just have the much tougher schedule, whereas I think Portland loses two to four games down the stretch, but more likely two or three. So if the Nuggets win tomorrow night, if they win uh, in Portland, I'd say that their odds move up to probably 50-50 with the Nuggets kind of gaining the momentum, so maybe 51-49. Whereas if they lose tomorrow night, I think it's all but uh, over for them. So the stakes couldn't be higher just from from that perspective. And then uh, there's also the uh, intangible stakes. Yusef Nurkic, who was a fan favorite on this Nuggets team three years ago, uh, switching teams. We don't really have to go go back over you know all of the the speculation and and the rumors and and, and everything with him. But suffice it to say that I think Nurkic clearly uh, is a better player than what he performed in his final weeks and uh, maybe month and a half here in Denver. And this is kind of a revenge game for him to kind of quote unquote prove. Prove them wrong. The them now becomes Denver, not not the teams Denver's playing against. Now he wants to prove Denver wrong. I am very certain he will enter this game with an extra chip on his shoulder, with extra motivation. And I'm curious to see if the Nuggets have similar feelings. I don't think anybody on the Nuggets team necessarily dislikes Yusuf Nurkic. I never got that vibe. I always thought that Nurkic, for whatever his issues were um, with the organization and with minutes and with the coach Malone, I always felt like the teammates did not mind him, um, at least from what I observed. Um, he seemed just fine. So I'm curious to see if the Nuggets are kind of going after him and how much pride they take in the game. I think there's certainly some players that are certain to kind of have a lot of pride, like Jokic, I think, will take this matchup very ser- uh, personally. But I'm curious to see just what guys like Gallo and Jameer Nelson and Gary Harris, I'm curious to see kind of how they uh, – take the the Nurkic part of this matchup. Will Barton, Mason Plumley also coming from Portland, so they have a history. Plumley most recently has a has a history there and he was a fan favorite. I mean, he was like the beloved hustle guy and glue and nice guy that even here in Denver, he's kind of just become another guy. He's a bench guy, and and I, I don't know that fans are like buying Plumley posters or anything like that. But in Portland, he was Damian Lillard was the man. C.J. McCollum was big, but Plumley was kind of that like glue that that everybody loves. So it's a homecoming for him, and it'll be interesting to see how he performs as well, kind of coming back, and just how the crowd receives him and all of these things. The keys to the game. And there are a lot of them. We're going to go over here. I think Nikola Jokic, Yusef Nurkic battle takes front and center um, for this game. There's a lot of other stuff going on that is uh, equally as important, but the marquee is going to be the matchup of the two centers. And I think if you're looking at concerns for Jokic, 
Fouls are first and foremost. Yusef Nurkic is really good. One of the best, one of his best qualities on offense, in my opinion, is drawing fouls. And he kind of just uses his big body. He has some like awkward um, off rhythm movements. Uh, he'll do post ups and kind of like he'll shoot the ball before you think. He kind of, as much as that's a negative, I think rushing shots and his footwork sometimes can be rushed. I think that it also plays into why he picks up fouls because guys kind of have this like natural uh, feel for for what type of moves guys use, and when somebody does something. Offbeat, it, it can draw fouls, and then he's just such a big body. When he gets that low position, a lot of people will foul to prevent a layup or, or, or this or that. Jokic has to stay out of foul trouble. I don't think the Nuggets have much of a shot at all um, if if he gets out. It just and I don't not just because of Portland. I think this every night when when Jokic is taking taken out of a game, the Nuggets tend to falter. So fouls are by far the number one concern. And by the way, going the other way with Nurkic, I think the same thing is true. He draws a lot of fouls and he gives a lot of fouls. And I would not be surprised. In fact, I would put the odds fairly high that one of those guys will spend some portion of the game in foul trouble, whether that's early foul trouble, whether that's picking up fouls that brings them out four minutes early in the second quarter and they kind of have to sit out the last four or five minutes of the half. I could see one of those guys getting into foul trouble. I think that would almost be um, a 50-50 proposition. Joker can't get sucked in or frustrated. I mean, he gets frustrated way too easily. I think on review, I think part of what happened with the game was him, you know, he gets those frustration fouls and he uh, it just completely takes him out of his game. I, I think it's a bit of immaturity, quite frankly, on his part. Um, and But it's also just, I think, his temper and something that he's going to have to work on uh, certainly in the years to come. I hope it's a, a high priority for him. But in this game in particular, there's going to be a play where especially someone like Nurkic fouls him and the foul doesn't get called or... Um, you know, Nurkic gets away with a travel or some, something that happens that's going to really frustrate him. And he has to just be able to be like, next play, just move on, next play. Um, and then he can't get suckered into a one-on-one battle. I think one of the, you look at Joker's two worst games of the year since becoming a starter. I think you'd say the Minnesota game and then last night's Pelicans game. And in both cases, he was the marquee matchup, right? He went up against Towns, and I think it was very clear. My read on that game was... Jokic wanted to outplay Towns. Like, he really, really, really wanted to go out there and and, and win that one-on-one matchup, uh, matchup. And he didn't in the Minnesota game. And I think because he came out and took so many crazy shots and was really pressing and not just letting the game come to him, which is his best skill. In the uh, New Orleans game, I think similar things kind of happened. He, he took like five straight shots at one point before Malone pulled him in the second quarter. And I just wonder... How much, you know, Davis dropped 50 on him in the opening night. I wonder how much of it was Joker coming back and thinking, um, you know, I got to get him. I, I can't let that stand. I got to get him back for all those points. So I don't, I don't know. I'm projecting here, but it was just uncharacteristic of him to press so much. Tomorrow night, maybe it's a good thing that that happened against New Orleans because he can kind of reflect on that game and be like, you know what, I just got to let the game come to me. Who cares if I get... 15 points or 35 points as long as making the right read that's what's important maybe that's that maybe it'll be a good thing in hindsight but I could also see him getting suckered into a one-on-one matchup with Nurkic and as much as I think he can outplay him uh in the post I think he's just better served by keeping the ball moving the Snuggets team everybody they've got a lot of good scorers but collectively they're great offensively when they just move the ball 
I could also see Jokic being put in the pick and roll repeatedly. In fact, not I could see it. This will happen. He'll be put in the pick and roll repeatedly with Nurkic and Damian and Nurkic and CJ. And he's going to have – that's just a tough matchup for him. I've always said the Nuggets' worst matchups are scoring point guards, so like James Harden, a guy that can score with the off the pick and roll with the ball in his hand, and guys and teams that have great roll-to-the-rim guys. So um, DeAndre Jordan and uh, – and also Clint, Clint Capella. So when they have, you know, DeAndre Jordan, the Nuggets kind of lucked out. I think they only played him once when Chris Paul and DeAndre were healthy. They played him twice when one of those were, one of them were out. But Nurkic, very good role to the rim guy. Terry uh, Stotts, one of the one of the biggest differences between Nurkic in Denver and Nurkic in Portland. And I don't know if this is a Malone thing or if this is a Nurkic thing. But for whatever reason, Nurkic is posting up a lot less, and he is rolling to the rim a lot more, which is smart. I always thought I've, – I've written articles about this, how I thought Nurkic's best role was this pick-and-roll guy that just – he sets solid screen or, or just a, at least a big-bodied screen. It doesn't have to be like your your hard college fa- screen where you, you make contact. In the NBA, You know, forcing a guy to go over the screen is, is, is kind of the key. So he could set those screens and then roll to the rim because once he anchors himself by the rim, you can't move him off. Well, that's that's going to be tough for Jokic. That's one of the worst things he's worst at on defense is containing those plays. And players like Jameer Nelson are not very good at fighting through those types of screens. So they kind of have the formula for what gives the Nuggets the most trouble, and it'll be interesting to see kind of how they fight through that. On the positives... You know, Joker knows Nurkic's game, I think, as well as anyone. Those guys went up against each other and practiced nonstop. I think uh, Joker's the kind of guy that gets to know people's tendencies, and he, he's on another level just from a, a, a basketball IQ standpoint. And so I think if you just want to give an edge to these two guys, I think I think Jokic probably has that, that edge in terms of knowing what Nurkic does. Um, and Nurkic is also a guy that does the same stuff more often. Jokic pulls new tricks out of his bag all the time, whereas Nurkic, I feel like I know most of his, his moves, even though some of them are kind of awkward and difficult to time. And then also the Portland struggles when the paint gets opened. I think more than kind of going down in the post and trying to draw fouls there, just coming up to the top of the key and spreading the offense is the Nuggets' best bet because Nurkic obviously a good rim protector, um, like help side block shots. He's very mobile, good timing on blocks. I think if they can open up the paint and drag Nurkic out to the top, that'll be a, a, a go a long way to kind of taking him out of his game. Um, so that's that's kind of the Jokic stuff. I think that's some of the other keys, not letting Damian Lillard go off. Lillard, the thing, one of the things that separates these two teams, and actually there's not a lot of separation. I think, I think, <laughs> I think these the series comes down to like home court. If they played a seven game series, I think it, would, I think it would go seven, and the home teams would win, uh, would probably win the series. So I think these teams are neck and neck. But one of the things that Portland has that Denver doesn't is Damian Lillard, a guy that can hit clutch buckets, create for himself. Um, a leader that everybody on the team respects. And I think they have to contain him because he's the guy that can single-handedly will the Portland to a win. And he's also the type of player the Nuggets struggle with containing. Gary Harris is going to draw that assignment, and he's going to have to just have his best... Both Gary Harris is kind of a huge key for me for this game because he's going to have to make him work on the other end and get to the basket off of screens, make him run. He's he, He's got youth on his side, so he really needs to wear him out. But then defensively, he just has to be so locked in. And I think that's mentally taxing. Um, 
I think if you look at a lot of Gary Harris games this year, he has some good offensive games when his defense assignment is a lot easier and, and vice versa. So I think he's going to have to have a great two-way game tomorrow. And I'm, I'm excited. This for him. He's kind of he's in that cushy, cushy spot where all eyes are on some of the other guys. And he's all throughout the year become the Nuggets, one of the Nuggets' best players. And I'm just kind of excited to see how he handles this moment because I'm curious to see if he can be a two-way player in a playoff series. And make it or not, this will kind of be a good taste for how well he can play 34 minutes at a high level on both ends of the court. Not many guys can. We'll see if Gary can. Can't let CJ get going either. So there's the, they're kind of a three-headed monster with a lot of great role players, and CJ would be the third head, Nurkic, Damian, and now CJ. And Jameer Nelson is likely to draw that assignment, and that's just a tough one because Jameer, not a not a, not an excellent defender, um, mostly because of his height and age, but he's going to have the same thing and have to be incredibly locked in. I think offensively his burden will be a little bit less because he's, he's more of a game manager at this point of his career. But uh, he's going to have to find some defensive chops against CJ to really really kind of stymie them. The rotation is going to be incredibly important. And again, that was kind of the basis of the podcast yesterday. So you can listen to that one if you want more in-depth conversation about it. But I think the Nuggets are going to mix up their starting lineup again, as they as they tend to do. And it's because Portland goes with two phenomenal rebounders, Nurkic and Noah Vonley. And Noah Vonley is a load. He is actually, the funny thing is that Nurkic's individual stats have actually been pretty flat from what they were in Denver. I mean, it's almost like he's doing the exact same stuff with some more minutes, obviously, and then passing the ball a lot better. He was a lot more turnover prone in Denver, and he's kind of found his assists uh, in Portland. But Vonley, next to Nurkic, is the guy that's really benefited. And he's um, he's just been having a phenomenal six weeks, whatever it's been, eight weeks. Um, and he's just a load, man. That guy's really coming into his own as this – he's kind of what <laughs> – he, he's kind of a Fareed-type player. They're different. Um, but Vonley's just strong as an ox, athletic, this, these great, like, solid tree trunk legs. He's really, like, thick-legged um, that I think makes him a guy that's hard to move off of the block for rebounding position. Um, and he's just he's just been dominant on both the offensive and defensive glass. So I think the Nuggets, I don't think they can afford Chandler on him because that's the type of matchup that if you go small – then you really got to make your shots because Von Lee's going to come out and and just dominate the board. So it'll be interesting to see. I would, I, my money is that they go with Plumlee Jokic, in part because Plumlee it's the return and and I think you know he's going to have that extra emotion to the game. So I would not be surprised. Plus, I just think it's going to Plumlee Von Lee is an inside guy. Plumlee's not going to have to go out of the paint to guard Von Lee very much. And so I think. Um, I think that's probably how it'll go. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if Plumlee guarded Nurkic and Jokic guarded Vonley, and that makes for some... Either way you cut it, I think it's going to be very, very fascinating. The other option I could see is them going to Fareed. Again, Fareed and Vonley, kind of similar players in that they're not super skilled outside of, say, eight feet, but they are just tenacious uh, in the, the style of play. So that'll be a very interesting battle, and that'll be another X factor. I mean, there's X factor. Part of what makes this game so interesting is there are X factors all across the board. These teams really do kind of line up in such a fascinating way. But why this makes it important is because the the Blazers go small with their second unit. They play a lot of four out, 
with Al Farouk Amino being the four. And so if Wilson Chandler does come off the bench, I think it'll line up to what Portland does. Aminu is kind of uh, uh, the doppelganger of the Portland doppelganger of Wilson Chandler and that he plays that role of a small forward that gets a lot of his value from playing power forward. When his shot's on, the team goes to a whole other level. Wilson shot a lot more consistent than um, than Al Farouk Aminu's. But from, uh, when the Nuggets played Al- the Portland, one of these games this year, Al Farouk Aminu started the game with four, I think it was the second game of the year, started the game with four threes in the first quarter that immediately made Jokic go to the bench. So if he's hitting his shots... Um, obviously that's another huge X factor. And then the same goes for Wilson. I think Wilson is too strong for Al Farouk Aminu. Um, but, you know, it'll be interesting just to kind of see how he plays if he does go back to the bench. Jamal Murray's health will be another issue. He appeared to have some sort of injury. I think maybe a back injury, just speculating here. He was not on the injury report today. We'll see if something comes out tomorrow. But he was moving very gingerly through the locker room uh, after the game the other day. And I'd never really seen him. He's so young that, I mean, he's one of those guys that never seems to be, like, you know, too beat up. And he doesn't play too many minutes to, to be too beat up. But he was really beat up in this last one. Had an ice pack on his back. So it'll be interesting to see because, you know, throwing Emmanuel Moutier who has not played really important he's played one game of important minutes where the game was you know uh, real real meaningful the game wasn't out of hand or whatever for the last like i don't know 10 weeks 12 weeks it's been a while so for him to be thrown into an important role right out of (laughs) the most important game of the year i just think I, i would not feel too comfortable with that but jamal murray's health will be interesting and not just his health but his shot i think and i've said this all year jamal murray is a gamer Meaning, when the, as the stakes get higher, he gets more comfortable and more like dialed in. And I'm curious, this atmosphere is going to be nuts. I think Port, I think the Portland fans are one of the best fan bases in the entire uh, NBA, and if not the best. And I think that place is going to be going nuts. And I'm just so curious to see as Jamal Murray. I mean, if he gets hot, I would not be surprised if he got hot and hit a couple of shots. So um, he's another guy that can can be a potential X factor. Both teams will rely on a hot start. You know, we've seen the statistics on altitude recently about the Nuggets are 14-1 and one when they end the first quarter with a lead and, you know, how important that first quarter is for them and how good their, their starting unit is relative to their bench. The same is true of Portland, whose starting unit is fire and their bench not so great, um, especially their starting play. Not necessarily a starting unit, but their starting players. So I think if, if one of the teams can can get out there to an early lead, you know, even just like six, seven points, you know, with that first unit, I think that just tilts the game so much in whichever team is up's favor um, because both teams rely so heavily on that hot start. So that'll be another thing to kind of keep an eye on. And then consistent offense. We're talking about two teams that are top 10 in offensive rating, bottom 10 in defensive rating. This is an offensive battle. The teams are going to be playing their best defense of the year, so I don't think we're going to see two just terrible defenses that aren't dialed in. I think both defenses are going to play some of their best games of the year, but this is still an offensive battle. So for the Nuggets, it's just going to be about consistency of that ball movement. We just came off of throwing out the Pelicans game. 
the Nuggets just had roughly seven or eight games, out of, all the way going back to the Washington game, I think was the last bad one um, before the Pelicans won. But they had the stretch of seven or eight games where the ball was just popping in every single game for at least three quarters, and maybe they had a lull you know, at, at some point. But for the most part, they just can, can find that rhythm over and over and over again. They're going to need that again in this game. I talked about Jokic going one-on-one. They need to, you know, Barton, Gallo, all these guys need to, there's going to be these big moments, 6-0 run, 8-0 run by Portland. Um, they're going to have to trust their offense a little bit to kind of just stay in that rhythm to produce shots because I think if they do, they can put up 120 on anybody. They got to stay in it. The crowd gets loud and intense. That's when we we always joke the Jameer special is that uh, the play where he dribbles down the court and pulls up for three, like like out of the blue. You can almost tell when he's going to do it. Like at half court, you're like, oh god, it's a Jameer special. Um, but you know, I think I think there's a method to Jameer's madness, at least a little bit on those shots. But the Nuggets just have to avoid the overdoing those types. That's that's sort of the salt uh, to the recipe. You can't overdo the salt. Gallo versus Harkless will be a sneaky, interesting battle. Harkless, 6'9", Gallo, 6'10". Harkless, solid defender. Gallo, solid offensive player. Um, In the first game, I think Gallo was like 4 for 17 or something. And there's really no comparing either team, honestly, to the previous matchups because this is such a unique one now with all the pieces that have moved. The Nuggets' identity has changed so much since the first month of the season. But it is worth noting individual matchups like Gallo-Harkless, which will be the same, and, you know, Gallo's got to win that one with some efficiency, which I think is going to be a tall task. And then Harkless is another guy that doesn't always hit his shots. If he's on, Portland goes to a whole other level. When he's off, they struggle a little bit more to find uh, points outside of Lillard. So that's another sneaky out uh, X factor. And then lastly, Will Barton. Will Barton also going to a place where he was he was a fan favorite um, in Portland he was a fan favorite that never got off the bench and hardly played, but he was kind of, he was like Malik Beasley. I guess that would probably be the best comp was in Portland. He was this guy that the diehards were like so intrigued by, but there was just too many people ahead of him on the depth chart and he was still a bit too raw. So he, uh, you, you can imagine Malik Beasley returning, you know, being traded and returning to Denver, even though Will Barton's been back a few times this atmosphere and everything, there's a good chance Will Barton's going to be feeling it. And I can't tell, if, I never know with Barton if that's a good thing or a bad thing because Barton plays kind of the same style no matter what. He's a gunner and he's he that's his role. He's, he's there to kind of get buckets. So if he's getting them, I got to think that's a good thing. But, you know, if he's jacking up 20-something shots, that's probably a bad thing. So, um, another kind of thing to watch. It's going to be a, it's going to be a fun one. Uh, if you're, if you're the type of fan that enjoys these high pressure, high stakes games, um, no matter what, I think it's just going to be a fascinating game. Even if the Nuggets lose, I think it's going to be fascinating and great experience for them, uh, for such, for a lot of the young guys on the team. Um, you know, I think if you look glass half, half full and the Nuggets lose and Nurkic outplays Jokic, I think... One of my biggest fears about Jokic is I think he kind of needs um, a humiliating defeat. Now, I would love for that to come in a playoff series, like let's say a second-round playoff series or something like that. But I think he kind of needs to see that there's this whole other level of basketball when when the, the – you know, the screws all get tightened and everything, everything, all the intensity and pressure gets picked up. 
there's a whole other level. And he's, of course, seen that with um, the Olympics. He's seen that, uh, you know, in some of the big games he's played so far in his career. But I just, uh, you know, if there's a silver lining, it's that guys like Jokic, Murray, they haven't played in the NBA in this environment yet. And win or lose, it's going to be a healthy experience. Now, if they win, obviously, that's the, by far the preferred outcome. Um, you know, I you got to think that would propel some confidence because their schedule, there's, I don't know who makes the Nuggets schedule. Somebody that hates the Nuggets, clearly, because they go from the West Coast in Portland, night game, and they get at least a couple days off, but they have to go all the way to Charlotte. Um, to play Charlotte, who's in the midst. Charlotte's kind of where Denver is right now. Just a game outside the playoffs, on the outside looking in, desperate to win. And they've got to go for a Friday night game against Charlotte, three time zones and four or 5,000 miles away. That's just, that's a tough, tough, tough call. And actually, how far is Charlotte? I think it's probably only 3,000 miles away. i got to do better math. But um, I think that'll be an interesting thing. they got Miami in the exact same situation. Miami and Charlotte kind of fighting for that last spot in the playoffs. So their schedule doesn't get any easier. But I do think winning this one um, and, and even winning it in style would just be such a confidence booster to kind of take this on. So really interesting game. Check it out, Nuggets fans. Get excited. Get hyped. Uh, and uh, <laughs> definitely tune in because it's going to be the game, not just of the year, but really the game of the last four years. I'll, of course, be back tomorrow with an episode recapping the game, whatever happens. Might even be joined by a couple special guests, so definitely be sure to subscribe on iTunes, leave a review, and uh, be sure to check out for that one tomorrow. We'll see you then. Rush into Old Navy today for up to 50% off store-wide. Get dresses from $15 for women, $12 for girls. Plus, one day only, tomorrow, take 50% off all Old Navy active at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1016 to 1020, select styles only. Active offer 1020 excludes in-store clearance.